Hey there, before we jump into the show, I thought I'd let you know that not only do I have two three-month intensive courses for women in hard marriages and women who are separated or divorced, but did you know I also have like 15 other one-month courses? I do. I have courses for when you want to use your gifts to bring redemption, when you want to use your gifts of writing and communication, when you might be a bit bored with your life or you want to live more authentically, when you are engaged or about to remarry or you are adjusting to remarriage, uh, when you struggle with at least one kind of difficult relationship, if you're longing to feel closer to God, if you would give anything for a clean slate, if you find yourself struggling with overwhelm and anxiety, when your children have left the nest, when you're struggling to identify your own needs, and when you're longing for more healing in your heart and life. And oh my lands, they are only $20 each, which is kind of insane and the lowest they've ever been. I will put a link in the show notes for the list of topics and how to register. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a God who provides so many ways for us to move forward in our healing and wholeness and recovery. As we are in the middle of a series talking about each of the 12 steps of recovery, which if you haven't picked up yet by now, I believe the 12 steps are for every person, regardless of what they're going through. I thought that I would talk about some of the slogans used in recovery on our Monday mini episodes. So in each of these episodes, I'm going to start by reading the 10 slogans and the serenity prayer. If you want to back up and listen to my story of how I landed in a 12-step group in the first place, you can go back to the episode that aired on May 23rd. So here are the 10 slogans. One day at a time. Easy does it. First things first. How important is it? Just for today. Keep it simple. Let go and let God. Let it begin with me. Live and let live and think. And here is the entire serenity prayer written by Reinhold Niebuhr. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as God did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Amen. Today we're talking about the following slogan, let it begin with me. I want to be clear up front. This does not mean you are officially allowed to focus solely on yourself and your needs and your wants to the detriment of your loved ones and your responsibilities. Let it begin with me is not carte blanche to become a self-absorbed, self-centered narcissist. Just want to clear that up. In fact, I think it's really important to think about the context 
of this slogan. Who is this slogan being said to? It's being said to people who can tend to maybe have a tiny codependent bent and who maybe sometimes tend to focus their attention on someone else and how that other someone else should be living their lives and how that other someone else's problems are ruining their lives. So it's more like, hey, you over there, the one who's trying to fix and control all the things that you're powerless over and that aren't in your control and that aren't your responsibility. Maybe, I don't know, just a thought, but maybe let's have you start with your own self and your own life, shall we? That's what let it begin with me means to me. Let it begin with me takes into account one of my favorite recovery concepts, the emotional acre. Now that's something that I have touched on in blogs. I'm sure I've talked about it in the podcast, in webcasts, in my courses. It is one of my favorite concepts that I ever came across in recovery. And the basic concept is that when we are born, God gives us an emotional acre. Now I kind of like stretch that out to say that he's given us a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical acre of our own that as adults, we are to tend, that we are responsible for. No one else is responsible for my acre except for me. No one else is responsible for your quote unquote acre except for you. And this is key. We are not responsible to tend the acres of any other adults in our lives. We let it begin with me when we do things like read scripture, pray, eat well, drink enough water, try to get enough rest, get some exercise every day, get out in nature, spend time with friends, pay our bills on time, take a shower each day, brush your teeth, go to the doctor as needed, keep our living spaces tidy and clean, etc., etc. And girls, here is the beauty and the magic of let it begin with me. When we are doing what God has given us to do, nothing less and nothing more, we do not have the bandwidth to delve into someone else's responsibilities. In fact, what I've noticed over the years is the desire to go poking around in someone else's business and to try to fix everyone else's lives starts to wane, which is pretty much a miracle for a recovering codependent control freak. I don't know, such as myself, hypothetically. Galatians 6.5 puts it this way, everyone should carry their own load. Yeah, this is biblical. The New Living Translation reads, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. And the Amplified Version says this, for every person will have to bear with patience his or her own burden of faults and shortcomings for for which he or she alone is responsible. When we stand before God and talk about what we did with our lives, I believe we will be standing there on our own. Now, I might be taking some liberties here, so pardon my theology, but I don't think we're going to be holding hands with anyone in front of God not with a parent or a child or a spouse or an ex. And we won't really have a leg to stand on if we're pointing to the difficult people in our lives saying, well, this is why I didn't do anything of significance. I was worried about him all the time. Or I always had to bail her out because she wasn't taking care of herself. Um, No. They, 
every they in your life is responsible to carry their own load. And if they don't, sweet girl, that's still on them and still up to them. And it's not on you or up to you. And I say this as a mother of young adult children, even of young adult children. And you and I will be responsible for all of our own choices and disciplines and sins and words and actions and what we did with our one wild and precious life and how we took care of what God gave us to take care of. Here's another humbling aspect of this slogan, which is really fascinating. I'm going to be reading from the Al-Anon Daily Reader, Courage to Change. I can easily itemize my loved one's limitations. Hours pass while I list the ways in which he could stand to change, but not one thing has ever improved as a result of this mental criticism. All it does is keep my mind on someone other than me. Instead of admitting my powerless over another person's choices and attitudes, I flirt with illusions of power. In the end, I am a little more bitter, more hopeless, and more frustrated, and nothing about my situation or the other person has changed. What would happen if I took my list of criticisms and applied it gently to myself? I may complain about my loved one's verbal abuse. After all, I don't speak to him that way. But at the level of thought, I might be just as abusive. The same attitude exists in both of us. We just manifest it differently, for instance. Alanon says, let it begin with me. When I identify something I dislike in another, I can look for similar traits within myself and begin to change me. Guys, when we ask God to help us to focus more on our own thoughts, our own words, our own actions, more than on other people's, we will start to see really beautiful growth in ourselves, which will in turn affect and even help and heal our other relationships. Okay. I will post a link in the show notes for where you can find a bunch of things. You ready? An Al-Anon group, a Celebrate Recovery group, a therapist, where you can order any of the Al-Anon daily readers that I refer to in these episodes, the Serenity Bible 12-step recovery book that I share from, um, a link to a quiz to help determine if you might be codependent, as well as a link to my marriage methods and Heartbreak to Hope and Childhood Wounds courses if you want to go deeper with all of this. If you have any questions on the slogans or the steps or recovery or pretty much any topic that you think I might have one or two thoughts to rub together on, you can message me through the podcast or you can email me at elizabeth at elizabethkline.com. Let's see. As always, you can share this episode, subscribe to it, support it, rate it, review it if you like it. First of all, if you've done even one of those things, I cannot tell you how much it means to me. It changes the algorithm. It bumps it up higher in the list for more women to see it. It's just, if my goal is to serve as many women as I possibly can, then it's amazing what a download or a share or a like or a tweet or a star or a rate or a review, what all of it, all of it makes a difference. So thank you. So sweet ones. All that to say, no matter where you find yourself in your spiritual journey or your recovery journey, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God 
and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.